The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today, and, and we hope that you really enjoy the show, don't we, Al? I hope you do, too. Yeah. Robert, do you hope they enjoy the show? I'm hoping. I yeah. knew it was going to be corny. I knew there was going to be a corny <laughs> intro. Just before this started, folks, I called it. You did. I just didn't know what it was yet. Yeah. It, it, we hope that you enjoy the show, because we're going to talk about the topic of hope, and we're going to talk about why our Father wants us to have hope, and why the enemy doesn't want us to have hope, or does he? And we're actually going to go to a clip pretty quickly, and it's from The Hunger Games. And I want you to listen to this evil character, the one that's controlling the world, the one that really wants to keep everybody in bondage. Sounds like somebody we might know. And let's listen to what he talks about on this topic of hope. And this is the president from The Hunger Games, if you're not familiar with it. But he's the one that's kind of keeping everybody under wraps and trying to keep control of everybody. And let's listen to what he says about hope. Why do you think we have a winner? What do you mean? I mean, why do we have a winner? I mean, if we just wanted to intimidate the districts, why not round up 24 of them at random and execute them all at once? Be a lot faster. Hope. 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 It is the only thing stronger than fear a little hope is effective a lot of hope is dangerous spark is fine as long as it's contained so so contain it so robbie as you listen to that that's pretty pretty telling of a clip right there from in the middle of this movie gives you a really insight to some of the enemy's plan doesn't it yeah, it's creepy <laughs> to think that, you know, he allows certain things so that, you know, you don't completely lay down on his plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants to he wants to destroy you. I mean, that's not without question, but he will utilize anything he can to manipulate a situation, even if it includes giving somebody a little bit of hope. Because a little bit of hope, to his point, is more dangerous than fear or more powerful than fear. And it can be for people. Fear is a very big part of the enemy's plan. And so, Al, why would the enemy um, want to limit our hope? Why would he, what would he gain from that? From limiting our hope? Yeah. Well, when we start to lose hope, um, we start to pull away. We, we want to distance ourselves and we just kind of want to be alone. Now, when that happens, uh, that's how the enemy calls the herd. When you're isolated, it's easier to pick you off, and he can lead you just about anywhere he wants inside your mind. And if maybe if you have a thank you, and maybe if you have a little bit of hope, you'll like interact and poison other people's attitude. And if you have absolutely no hope, you may just completely withdraw and not see anybody. And you're right that that whole thing of when we start to move towards hopelessness, we tend to withdraw. 
because we just don't want to be around people. We don't want to talk to people. You know, I know that's kind of been what's happened for me when I felt those feelings is I don't, the last person I want to be around is somebody that's full of hope. <laughs> I, I, they irritate me at that point. Robbie, a question for you on this topic of hope. If the enemy wants us to have hopelessness in the midst of, of things, where would we find hope? I mean, why, why would the Father want us to have hope in the midst of that? Great questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, there's no doubt that underneath all that mm-hmm. is you know, for me, just a, 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 a trusting in the Father is going to get this. It's going to come somehow or another, all things work together for good, you know, for mm-hmm. those who believe in the Lord. And so in spite of the circumstances, at the end of the day, deep inside, I have this hope that, <clears throat> you know, God is going to make this come out. Right. And for that reason, I continue on to call on the name of the Lord and to look to him or what my next direction is in spite of the, in spite of the, you know, how dark it may be getting because down deep, I have this hope. My father has this, it's going to work out. I don't know what the next step is, especially now. And in some cases that may actually bring more intimacy with him. You know, the circumstances, as long as underneath that is hope and, and hope is actually connected to joy as well for me. Um, because of that hope in spite of, circumstances like my mother's recent death etc there can still be joy because i i you know my hope is a lot longer time frame than it used to be used to be if i needed to call my mom you know that was something i could do you know right this minute but now part of my hope comes in you know the hope and glory and i you know there will be reunited again and so it's interesting for me just in this season to see how my hope is changing even to a longer time frame. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And the reason I, I want to ask you that was sometimes we can feel like things are very hopeless, but we had an interesting discovery before the show on that root word for hope. When you go back biblically and you look it up, that root word comes from what, Robbie? Well, the Hebrew was tikva, okay. uh, which may be totally mispronounced for you Hebrew scholars out there, but it's T-I-K-V-E-H, so, you know, and it was originally the scarlet cord that hung from Rahab's window. And so the first time you see the word is this scarlet cord. Well, later on, not very far in the story, Ruth's um, mother-in-law, Naomi, is fixing to you know, head back to Bethlehem. And she wants to kiss you know, her two daughter-in-laws goodbye. And she says that I don't have a scarlet thread that I'm going to get a husband for you so that you will, you know, be able to, you know, have husbands. Even if I got a husband now and married, you'd have to wait years in order to have a child for me, for my child to grow up to be your husband. So it's kind of interesting. Like this original use of the word was like, I don't have a scarlet thread of hope mm-hmm. <laughs> that this is going to come through for you. But interestingly, now I don't know who translated the book of Job because it was written way before the book of Ruth, but in the book of Job, he uses the same word. And he uses it in a real cool way that I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna let you share that story because it was your experience, you know, at a recent event we had. It was, I, I was trying to look up the scripture on my phone and I couldn't find it right at the moment. So I'll find it here in a little bit, but I'll tell you a little bit about the story. Um, and then Robbie, maybe you can look up the scripture, but sure. this weekend we were away. Uh, the group of us went away just to kind of 
go a little bit deeper in relationship, go a little bit deeper uh, with God. And during one of our covenant of silence, I was out walking around and I come across um, the stump. Well, well, first of all, we were asked not to really wander in the woods because of bear. And <laughs> I'm mostly so right away. He's <laughs> out there wondering where the bear are. I mostly, you know, follow the rules, but I was sitting there and there was just something calling me down that the little road. And I thought, well, I'll just walk a little bit. Uh, I'll just walk a little bit further. Yeah, I'll walk a little bit further. And all of a sudden I just felt like I should stop. And I stopped. I was just looking around and really there were just lots of trees. And I looked and there's this whole bunch of these trees that had been cut down. And so you have these stumps where there's no life. And then I see one tree that has this one branch that came up out of the stump that refused to die. And what was even cooler when you got down and you took a picture of it, which I have on my phone, I'll put on our website, is the actual center of that branch is gone. So it kind of grew up around and has a hole in the middle and it went up as tall as any of the other trees around it seeking the sun. And I thought that was really cool. And then Rob, you had the scripture that you came across that really kind of helped tie that in. Yeah. In Job fourteen seven, it says, at least there's hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again. It shoots will not cease. And, you know, I knew the story. And then when you said, well, we need to look at Bible verses relating hope for this show. And I was like, man, you know, so much of that camp, you know, so much of that experience for us, for me, was about hope Mm -hmm. and finding life out of something that's that's dead. And and then for you to have that experience and then see this, you know, because for both of us, we lost our mother in the last Mm -hmm. two, two, three months. And so. For both of us, you know, to see this, and then we were doing listening prayer, and again, we heard what word. Well, you and I both heard hope and joy. Right. You know, which is kind of funny, and, and listening prayer, if you've never done it, you just actually are supposed to do that. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a novel idea. They named it what you're supposed to do, but <laughs> some people struggle with that. But you, you really just try to listen and say, okay, God, what do you have to say to me? I don't have any agenda here. I don't have any questions I'm really asking. What do you want to say? And if you're quiet long enough, especially in a group of friends that you trust, some really cool things come up, some things that you don't really expect. I know, Al, you had some pretty cool experiences. Robbie, you did. I did. Um, But this time, you and I both had hope and joy at the exact same time. And I didn't really think at the time, but we'd both lost our mothers, you know, within the last few months. And, And definitely that puts you in a different place. When I saw that tree... You know, I was looking at, I've been going through a season of life where there's been lots of things coming to an end. You know, um, my mom's life, unfortunately, some relationships, things like that. And uh, even, you know, Caleb going off to college, that that part of his life with us is coming to an end because it's going into a new chapter. And and seeing that stump was really so cool for my heart because what I saw was even out of the things that people would look at it and say, that's obviously dead. God brings life. And so, you know, there's these things that, yes, my mom is dead. I mean, she passed away. But even from that passing, there's been so much life that God's brought from it. Yeah, and you think about how Jesus was actually from the stump of Jesse. This branch will come forth. And I mean, it's what you saw was an extremely biblical thing um, in that that branch coming forth from the stump. Uh, it's it's really something to see when you see it in life. It really, um, to me, was just cool. 
<laughs> I didn't have that deep a thought. I mean, the deep a thought was, you know, hey, life coming from something that appears dead. That's the revelation that comes when God's moving in your life. Something will happen. You really won't understand the depth, like your dream. You really didn't understand the depth of your dream till sometime later, till you really started to process it. But that's the way God works. He wants you to do that. But you know, when we were talking about verses, three things are eternal, says First First Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love. And there's a beautiful progression there. Um, and I didn't think about it until I thought of the verse, but with your faith, that will guide you to hope. When there's hope, there is love. And if all three of these live forever, you know, what, what better what better transition to the next segment? Absolutely. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the enemy's plan, but primarily we're going to focus on why the Father wants us to have this hope in our life and how do we go about getting it? Come back and join us right after the break. This is so exciting, Sam. We've got a men's night coming up for Mask on Journey Radio both August 9th and the 30th. We do, and it's at the Kernersville Community House, and you can look that up online for directions or go to maskandjourneyradio.org to get directions. But it's going to be a night where we actually record the show from there. You get to see some of the pre-show, some of the post-show, and really have some fellowship along with us. Come join the Band of Brothers, and it's free. August 9th and the 30th, 730 to 9 o'clock at the Kernersville Community House. There you go, in Kernersville. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support. And Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to masculinejourneyradio.org. That's masculinejourneyradio.org. We're glad to have you back with us. I'm, we're talking about this topic today of hope. And so we're hoping that it's really making some sense to you. I know, Al, but bump, bump. Yeah, I know the, the whole corny thing. But I, I'm going to play probably the shortest clip I think we've ever played. If not, it's going to be pretty close. It's short. And so I just want you to listen to the words. It's from Man of Steel, uh, one of the most recent Superman movies, not the one Superman versus Batman, but the, the prequel to that. And I want you to listen to this reporter that's talking to him, Lois Lane, about the S that's on his chest. What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it's an S. That's it. That's the shortest clip I think we've played. But, Al, you have an interesting story about this whole topic of Superman and why that kind of ties in to the character's original intent. You know, this... This character goes back a long time, but the intent when it was written was they wanted a, a, a character, a superhero that was modeled after Jesus Christ. If you look, he can't be defeated. He's always, well, in the comic book, he was always positive um, and, you know, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. You know, he had every characteristics, uh, all the characteristics and one of the things they did when they were filming the movie is when he drops down before an army, he drops down with his arms out like a cross, which is, you know, the the scene from Armageddon. That's kind of the picture they wanted. But when you know that that, that character is based on Jesus Christ and they put hope on his chest, I mean, the writers of that comic, you know, even, you know, the 40s, 
they wanted to give these kids an understanding that there's a character out there like Jesus who is hope. And that ties back that if you look at Jesus, what he represented to all of mankind was hope. Right. But to other people, it's just an S. Just an S. Right. <laughs> and you can miss it if that's all you're looking for. I mean, yeah. the, the Pharisees missed it. Jesus walked among them. And before he came, there wasn't a lot of hope in what people were hearing. But he came with the gospel. He came with the message that there is life. There's there's more to be had here. There's an abundant life that's available now. And so this hope just abounded in people, whether they were healed from blindness or they healed from leprosy or whatever it might be, it all brought back hope in the midst of the healing and the reconciliation with the Father. You know, I love Jeremiah twenty nine eleven for so many different reasons. And I never really thought about it for hope until we started doing this show. But to understand the context of where this is coming from, the Hebrews are going to be exiled. Jeremiah knows this. And the communication is, for I know the plans I have for you. You're going to be exiled. You're going to be taken away from home. Your temple is going to be destroyed. Um, all these bad things are going to happen. But in the midst of that, you know, my plans are to prosper you, to, to give you hope in a future. Now, in the midst of our storm, that's our promise that we carry with us forever. Because you look, when he says that to them, they have no idea that they're coming home. They have no idea that, that there is going to be, um, from the line of uh, David, a branch that comes out that's Jesus Christ, that he is going to be salvation for the world. They have no idea. You know, think about it. If you're being exiled, Robbie, you know, are you going to be thinking about the next two years? Are you thinking about, you know, a savior is coming. The Messiah is coming somewhere down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the enemy wants us to be hopeless because it drives us away from God. When we live in hopelessness or mostly hopelessness, we tend to want to take control. And when we take control, often that's in the midst of not trusting God. It's hard to walk in faith with him and also um, not just try to wrestle control away from him. I'm going to um, play a clip from a guy named, uh, I can't ever say his name, Nick Bajizic, I think it is. And if you don't know that name, he's a motivational speaker. He's an evangelist. He's an awesome, awesome guy. Um, but he was born without any arms and legs. And if you watch the movie Butterfly Circus, and if you haven't seen it, please go on YouTube Put in the Butterfly Circus. It's 20 minutes. It will be amazing. He's the actor in there that doesn't have any, obviously, arms and legs. You can tell who he is. But that's not computer generated. That's really him. And he really does do those events in there, such as swimming, which is all I'm going to tell you. you got to watch it. But I want you to listen to a little bit of his story on this topic of hope, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about it. We're all looking for something. We're all looking for hope hope you can't just have just because you were born with hope no we're born with pain we're born and live through difficulties and in our life my parents always taught me that even though we don't know why I was born this way that we have a choice either to be angry for what we don't have or be thankful for what we do have the power of that choice was the first thing that I had to overcome 
and decide for myself. Oh, wow. Another great video, if you haven't seen it. And Robbie, I don't know if you've seen it, but they actually have his morning routine, how he gets ready. Have you ever seen that on YouTube? I have. You know, where he's figured out ways to brush his teeth, how to make, be self-sufficient. And it's really cool. But you hear that starting from this person whose parents raised him with the right context of what hope was. You know, hope doesn't mean you're not going to have pain. Now, I would can hope not to have pain, but in reality of it is we're going to have pain. Right? I can hope lots of things, but we live in a broken world. We live in a, a, a broken people around us. There's going to be things that, that hurt, but that doesn't mean it should rob our hope from us. And that's really why I love that clip is he's just talking about, look, I don't know why I was born without any arms or legs, but that doesn't have anything to do with my hope. My hope has to be in something deeper. And his family were Christian, you know, and that's where that, that really came for, from him. Um, Robbie, the Butterfly Circus, when you, you watch that, that's a movie about hope as well, is it not? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, what appears to be something that's broken and dead, you know, that would have no value once he begins to see how God made him for a purpose, mm-hmm. which in his case, his purpose was... To, just to show hope to other people like himself that, you know, just to be able to accomplish certain things like that YouTube video in real life, he lives out the butterfly circus to an extent and that other people with disabilities say, wow, if he can do that and he can function and he can help other people. But the end of the movie, I I can't ruin it. It's just too good. If you can do that with a dry eye, you're, you're a better man than me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It is a, uh, is a powerful, powerful clip and we've used it from time to time on the show but it's that hope that we really need in our hearts the hope that that god is going to come through even though we can't see it and it may not always be in the way we expect is it al i mean god doesn't always do things exactly the way we think does he no and i can attest to that that there was a time when i wanted to be a rock star and a professional nfl running back didn't happen the way I planned, but I found my happiness in a far different, more fulfilling way. You could still be a rock star, technically. Yeah, that's like Robbie being a midget wrestler. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to happen. By the way, he's six, what, seven? Six, seven? Five. Six, five. Six, five. He looks six, seven from this angle. Still not going to make it. Yeah. So, Robbie, in this hope, how do you, how do you get hope? You know, when you're, okay, so you're sitting out there and, and you say, okay, I hear you but you don't know what's happened in my life. Robbie, you've had a couple things in your life that's happened, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not always been the, the easiest, right? You, let's see, you got crushed by a Jeep. You had uh, cancer. You had brain surgery, which I won't make a joke at right now. <laughs> don't forget uh, the bad sense of humor you've had to endure all these There's been a few little setbacks, but in the midst of that, how did you find hope? You know, and I've had a chance to interview a lot of people who've had very similar things and God always sends something and and just like in listening prayer you should listen if things start to go black you know in whatever situation that may be you may be falling 35 feet from a tree head first but if you listen he, he's coming after you and he will give you something special based on what he feels like you need under the circumstances when I was you know crushed underneath the jeep 
He gave me a hug. I felt no pain. I, you people have heard mm-hmm. that story. However, when I had the brain abscess and I had horrible pain, rather than just cure the pain that time, he sent a girl from my Sunday school class who held my hand, who I knew God had sent, and I knew that he, it's going to be all right because he sent her. Even if I'm going to go be with the Lord, I could sense he was in this and he was working through it. But again, it, there's something down in there where you are looking for where's he coming in this because I know he's coming. And, and I, it's, it, he put it there. I don't know how else to put it. Absolutely, but you, you need to look for it. You know, if you're not looking for it, you're not going to find it. God's sending those things, even in the midst of hopelessness. Find, find anything in Scripture that appeared to be hopeless. God sent somebody. Right? Being thrown into the, the lion's den, God was there. Now, Daniel wasn't hopeless. I mean, his hope was in the Lord, but that looked like a hopeless situation. The fiery furnace looked like a hopeless situation for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? And so the have in scripture is full of all these times that looks like it's truly, truly hopeless and there is no option. The the Israelites back against the Red Sea or Hebrews back against the Red Sea. There's no hope, but then what happens? God shows up in a unique way. And so, Al, that's happened at times in your life, I'm sure, that you didn't see hope, but yet God showed up. You know, when you were saying that, I started thinking about when the Hebrews were crossing the Jordan um, and they needed it to part, and it didn't happen until they put their foot at the water. When they got to the water, it parted. And you have to trust. I mean, there's something... There's a correlation there, and I think there's a perpetual that there, there, as you, it, your faith will lead you to hope, but your hope will give you more faith. You know, in my life, the first time I heard from God was a wow moment because um, all the crazy people in the world that ever said they talked to God or heard from God, I was now a part of that. I was a part of something special. And, you know, I was thinking about just recently, uh, this weekend, as a matter of fact, the things that God has told me in my life that, you know, whatever I put before you must do. And then when I I was fathered by God, you know, he said, we have much to do together. And then I look at the ministry and the men that I've been working with and never would I have imagined in my worst moments during my first divorce, my first marriage, that I'd be here. Right. It's from that hopeless place that hope does spring. Dennis, our friend, is with us today. He didn't get a chance to talk with us, but he had put the note, hope springs eternal. And that's really the case. Hope does spring eternal when you walk with God. When you trust that he's going to come in the midst of the times that you don't think that he can show up, he will be there. So walk with him, trust with him, and look for the hope. See you next week.